welcome to Forever Canon. <laughs> the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books of the past. Today, in the present, but allegedly three weeks ago. I'm Justin. <laughs> Damn. And this week on Forever Canon, buddy, we start our fourth book of the New Jedi Order. That's right, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. And our 22nd book of the pod. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people call them a pod. Let it be known here now. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. You don't like it? I, no. 22nd book of the podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really felt like you were waiting on me to finish up the word. No, because it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. We had several beers while we sat here and got ready to record. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> this week, we are starting book four of the New Jedi Order, Agents of Chaos 1, Heroes Trial, by Jim James Lucino. And let me tell you right away, this man, uh, wow, mm-hmm. has, a, has a very different, like, impactive writing style. Yeah. Than most of the writers that we've read so far. And yes. and maybe that will we'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, we will. We'll get to that. That's this week. But first, bum bum bum. Previously on Forever Canon, we finished New Jedi Order Book Three. What the hell was it called? <laughs> Dark Tide 2 Ruin. I've been so focused on remembering the name of this new one. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Dark Tide 2, Ruin, by Michael A. Stackpole. A fine and pretty good novel in its own right, if only they hadn't killed the cool bad guys at the end. Yeah. That would have been like one big change. Big change. That would have made a big difference. Yeah. We just made those guys nasty for a book. A whole book. 300 and some, some, some pages. Death. Murdered. (laughs) It's the way it goes. It's fine. People die. But that was last week. This week, we start the New Jedi Order book for Agents of Chaos 1 Heroes Trial with Chapter 1. And right away, Tim, mm-hmm. well, did you notice right away? The chapter is simply titled 1. Yes. Which means we get to name all 29 of them, buddy. I noticed it and I appreciated it because I like doing it. We can keep doing it even when there are titles. Are, are we going to make our own titles? Or maybe when there are titles, we should make up like a tagline, like like for a movie poster. Okay. Like <laughs> Titanic, the ship that can never sink. And we write the, sec- the second book. <laughs> that could be fun. Instead of the title. Whoa, we'll see. Well, nah, yeah, we'll we're get getting that. Out. I'm off track. Chapter one, no titles, Tim. And my first note, about three sentences into reading this book, your first note, mm-hmm. Holy words, Batman, yeah. is, is the way I put it, because I, I am articulate. And wrote, vastly different writing style. James Lucino, Jimmy, getting his prose on. Mm-hmm. He is using some big old words, some fancy words, not even, just just less thought of and more uh, thesaurus-y words. Yeah. I don't know. I actually wasn't ready for it. Um, when I started reading it, so I actually had to, I read a few, few sentences and I was like, 
wait, what? Wow. And I went back and then I read Just, it it's again. It's like said, every yes. sentence has five words that matter. Yeah. And are like thought provoking words where I have to go, do I actually think I know the meaning of that word? Yes, exactly. Several times in the reading of these first four chapters. And man, this is going to sound like not nice maybe to Michael A. Stackpole. But this was, I don't know, refreshing. Yeah. For whatever reason. Well, and, and I didn't find the other descriptions boring or anything like no. that. But this is right up like my nerd ass, man. <laughs> this jackpot stuff or something. And I think it's uh, <laughs> Michael wrote Getting for crude on the pod. <laughs> Michael wrote for the demographic that he was writing for, teenage 16 to 20 year old and wow, you're nailing it. I'm, in, I'm interested. And this guy, he's writing for maybe the same age group, but a more like well-read of that age group. So you're talking about almost it sounds like to me, or at least the way I'm interpreting it, is like the distinction between a young adult novel and an adult fiction novel. Yes. Where like Jim Lucino, which I'm going to call him because I – YouTubed an interview with him about how to pronounce his name. And he introduced himself as Jim, not James Lucina. And so I will say what this man said, but anyways, it's more like, Oh, I don't know how to say this again without sounding like bitter or like judgy or rude or something. But this guy comes in here writing as if he's not, condescending to the audience he's not simplifying his language because he thinks the books are for younger people yes like you said he's writing the book for that same audience but with the assumption that they are well read yes and if not they'll do what even i a nearly as we discovered earlier 35 year old man <laughs> even i googled a word yeah and i was like uh, does that mean what i think it means yeah, i was right mm-hmm but that is, and I, I've heard in many discussions between authors on writing, not the book by Stephen King, hmm. many discussions about writing, like the best young adult fiction is, is store our stories that don't treat the children. Like I'm telling a story to a child. Yes. I'm just going to tell you the story that it is. And you will absorb whatever level of complexity that you're ready for. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's a non patronizing way to write the same story or 29 chapters later. Am I going to, am I going to be saying enough of all the flowery <laughs> prose and the like, am I going to like the extra? I don't know. Right. Are we going to be sick of the high level vocabulary by the end of it? I don't think so. Cause it feels good so far. Yeah. So far. So good. What sentence one first note. Words. Wow. Love them. <laughs> let's that squeak out. That was several minutes. And now let's start talking about the story. We start at the end of a Yuzhan Vong victory at a new place. Mm -hmm. Obroa Sky. The priests of the Yuzhan Vong have arrived here to oversee the warriors and their uh, war. Their ship is a little cool too. is is a little different. How so? The like the normal 
Vong ships are like very coral looking, yeah. jagged and whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the priest ship is like more smooth and sleek, almost like uh, he describes it as like a, like an onyx, like volcanic glass look almost. See, I thought that's what uh, even the regular ships were like. No, the other ones. But you have think like, they're more like crusty? Yeah, more. And the uh, and the priest coral. ships are more fancy like and sleek. sleek. Yeah. We did that thing that we do all the time. Yeah, yeah, we did the thing. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but me and Tim will often, throughout our 20-plus year history of being best friends, mm-hmm. often say the same word at the same time. And shockingly, it doesn't happen very often on the podcast. No. I think because we focus on not interrupting each other. Yes. In real life, we don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, we will often go, same word, at the same interval. No, you didn't do it. I didn't say you knew anything. I was trying to trick you. <laughs> Man, anyways, that that's so fun too. to do. What was the original point? This book's good. Yeah, <laughs> smooth ships as opposed to bumpy ships. Yeah, and you know what? We'll see that maybe <laughs> bumpy ships. <laughs> yeah, they got problems. Words. <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll see that actually reflected more in the in the priest cased cast. I don't. Know. I like cast better. The priest class. Yes. Uh, they're a little fancier. Mm-hmm. As we find out as we're meet. What? <laughs> as we meet a Vong <laughs> priest named Harar. A male of middle years. Whoa, the font on this print is way smaller than I'm used to. Rose and moved to the lip of the roost's polygonal transparency. Here, we, let's talk about words, right? <laughs> Listen. Polygonal. Harar, a male of middle years. Rosen moved to the lip of the roost's polygonal transparency, where he stood with three-fingered hands clasped up the small of his back, the missing digits having been offered in dedication ceremonies and ritual sacrifices as a means of escalating himself. I almost said escape. Escalating himself. His tall, slender frame was draped in supple fabrics of muted tones. A headcloth, patterned and significantly knotted, bound his long black tresses. The back of his neck showed vibrant markings etched into skin stretched taut by prominent vertebrae. At no point did we just pick the simplest word. No. And maybe that's annoying to people, but I like it. Yeah. That, and also, the priest is dressed fancy. All the warriors we've seen are wearing like a loincloth or armor. Yep. This guy's got like a head wrap. He's got like a, a like a, a robe and a cloak mm-hmm. situation going on. Like he's all fancied up. That's our priest, Harar. Named in the dramatis personae as an obviously important character. And so thus I thought we would point out his physical description. Good choice. We meet him and we see the mutilation right away. He's missing fingers. Maybe most the most troubling thing of his description. But this is who these villains are. I'm going to start this talk right away. It's going to get gross, so buckle up. Yeah. Starting on the third page of the book. Describing the man that we're going to spend like the entire book. Like we're setting this guy up as here's our main villain character, right? Yeah. Here's, here's the guy that's doing some things in this book. And we set up here early that the warriors and the priests don't exactly get along. And they don't maybe play nice together, in case you haven't picked that up in the previous books. There's different classes of Yuzhan Vong, and they don't get along. Harar watches X-Wings take a coral ship out, 
pew, 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 pew. And then he has the honor of choosing the sacrifices from among the thousands of captives from Obroa Sky and their fallen libraries. Yeah, because this is a library planet. <laughs> it's a repository of knowledge for the galaxy, essentially. And, or, yeah, or like they had a fancy university here, a famous university here. Or yeah. Something. And here we arrive at the end of the battle. It's already over. That's a fun, that's a an interesting way to uh, to start the book. That we you don't really have the option of doing in book one, two, and three. Unless you're coming directly from a conflict that we already know. Mm-hmm. This book just starts with like, hey, remember how they keep winning everywhere? They did it again. There's, Here's the end of it. They're still doing right? it. Like that's a fun little introduction to this book. Yeah. And it's it's bleak. Yeah. As all things Vong are and should be. Yeah, because even the guy who appears to be in charge at this moment, we don't know for sure. Um, the he's priest Harar. He's not like he's. There's no sort of even hint of any sort of trepidation or panic. He's calm, relaxed. No, because they're winning and they're yeah. they're mopping up the end of the battle. That ship got blown up, sure, but those X wings, it's over, dude. Yeah, he's not worried. He's not worried at all. As we cut to priest Harar riding a floating pillow. Yes, he's being elevated by a Dovin. I just thought I just thought that shouldn't be that shouldn't be missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they stuck one of their little gravity worms on the bottom of this pillow, and he rides it around with one leg crossed underneath him and one leg hanging off the edge. I don't know what that's symbolically supposed to mean. Kind of, kind of how I'm sitting right now. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Uh-huh. I'm a good guy. <laughs> I would never sit like that. <laughs> He's here on his floating pillow. Pillow. Oh. We're gonna do that. Did tonight, you say eh? pillow? I mostly did. <laughs> Don't what? I'm, what? I was just asking. He's on his fancy floating pillow, and we, with the description that we get of him coming into the room here, we kind of see the fanciness of this opulent priest cast. Cast mm-hmm. priest. Damn it, the priests. Yes. He's, you know, he's like filigreed and robed up and on a, a floating pillow and it's all a show and he, he's like a, a procession onto himself. Literally putting himself above the others. And not doing it with, you know, his filthy robots. Mm-hmm. Not riding a hover pillow, Tim. Nope. Using their natural technology as they always do. Floating by... Hundreds of New Republic prisoners, thousands of them in gravity shields by other uh, Yuzhan Vong worms. Now I can't think of what they're called. The Dovin Dovin basils. basils, yeah. Yeah, they're all held in like gravity fields so they can't like run away and move. Yeah, they're like one-way mirror kind of deals. And, as we've seen before, a pit full of droids again. Mm-hmm. Harar. Some still moving stops and talks some smack to some of the droids and eventually says something along the lines of like if you treat your robots as equals eventually they will think they are your superiors yes that's almost word for word i think yeah like they if you treat machines good they'll destroy you and it immediately asked me the question what happened to their home yes did they lose a war against the machines and they are like humans on the run from Cylons, Battlestar Galactica style, or like 
What ha- why are why why are they here? Or did they have to wage a massive war against the machines like like the Matrix style? Yeah, and it just left everything in a desolate apocalypse. Like, yeah. Why are they here? What sent them out of their galaxy? Galaxies are big. Yes. It's a lot of planets. Mm-hmm. Why are they... Machines? Why do they hate them so much? Yeah, there's... Was it because they got expelled from their galaxy by machines? I don't, This isn't forethought or foreknowledge. I don't remember. No, and I don't know... But... Setting it up? Like, it sounds like that almost right now. Yes, it does. If you treat the machines with respect, they'll kill you. Ah, Why are you here again? How did you get here again? I don't know, man. That's weird. Weird stuff about hating robots. Now, Harar has a chat with a Gotal. Gotal. A goat man. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah, you remember going Beyond Shadows? (laughs) With the goat man? Yeah. That was wild. (laughs) Guys, go listen to Fate of the Jedi. Pause this. <laughs> I'll be here after 90 hours <laughs> when you get back after listening to the Fate of the Jedi series. Because weird things happen in that series, man. With a goat man <laughs> at one point. Not this goat man, mind No. Me. This goat man is a priest of regular things here in the regular world. Not a priest of evil Yuzhan Vong things. Where, uh, God knows, you cut your fingers off to prove to your God that you're yeah. uh, into it and stuff. You're willing to sacrifice everything and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they talk about like, hey, what's your God and what do you believe in and ah, stuff. Yeah, they have a, a theological debate about it, kind of. Yeah. And anyways, I mean, it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Eventually, this guy, though, this this priest Gotal guy... He reiterates a message from the last book. I don't know if you caught this, but he says, well, (laughs) that same old message. I I know I never get tired of hearing it. Heroes love to die for the greater good. And heroes love to die to stop evil. So I, a priest of good things, I have no problems being killed by you, Yuzhan Vong, bad guy, because that will never bring you closer to godliness, whatever, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Heroes, good people, well, they sure love to sacrifice themselves. They would be happy to. Something we heard a bunch of times in the last book, directly pointed at Anakin Solo by somebody on their deathbed. Yeah. Anakin, don't be sad. I love being dead right now. It's not your fault. I'm dying to protect more good people from more bad things. So, it's fine. And Chewbacca would not want you to be... Like, it's the same message again yeah. right here at the beginning of the book. And it's it's an exact... Just like a lot of the things between like good and bad, all that. It's an exact mirror of the, of the Vong, too. Right. They're willing to sacrifice their lives, their body parts, whatever, for their good it's the same thing mm-hmm. it's just the opposite side it's just they do it way grosser and like more yeah. explicitly yeah all the time in a more violent way yeah and there's this like and they're the initiators like there's a lot of things, yeah and yeah. theirs isn't just death it's physical disfigurement suffering is life yeah death is the release from suffering and thus i thank you <laughs> like that's their fucking ideology boiled down to three sentences. Yeah. 
it, it's definitely a simplified <laughs> simplified way, way of it uh but it it is always it's always a wonder and this is whether it's in the books or whether it's in hand cramping up played a lot of i don't know too. you're holding a oh yeah um, whether it's in these books or in people like to paint the opposite side as complete bad guys. Well, that's the only way that war ever works. And yeah, and humans, you know, all these humanoids of this space universe, mm-hmm. this made up place. Everybody is not subject not suspect everyone is vulnerable that's not quite the word everyone everyone has the capacity susceptible thank you man susceptible to being told that you're right and the other people are wrong and they're bad for being wrong and you have the moral obligation to now stop them being wrong yeah because right must prevail yeah right and it's that's the whole rhetoric that these guys get into is like, we're coming here to cleanse this galaxy of infidels, and you're welcome. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't accept your death willingly, well, you're a coward, yeah. idiot, and you'll never go to Yun Heaven. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> Yun Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's Mandalore, Mandalore, Mandalore. It's Yun something. It's Yun something. Anyways. Heroes love to die for their greater good. Heroes love to give their life in a sacrifice to stop evil. Heroes like the Jedi. Mm-hmm. As they chat about what the Jedi believe in and what the Force is. And, well, Harar, our priest, ends up deciding that all the Jedi Knights must die. Yes. Mm. Simple. <laughs> I don't know. So Simple. It's like that it hasn't been thought of before. Yeah, it's like it comes up like every time. Anytime in the galaxy that there's ever a conflict and then the Jedi are like, I'm in your way. The obvious solution is like, why don't we just kill them easily? <laughs> yeah, let's just get them out of our way. But don't the Yuzhan Vong have like, they've been in the galaxy for 50 years of studying this history and these people and they should know like, you're, you're grossly underestimating your opponent. They should. And but I th- they don't seem to. Yeah, I think they are... The, it's on an individual to individual basis. I yeah. Say. Sorry. Yeah, because even amongst the Jedi, not all are equal. No, and they don't all think as wisely as Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't all make as good of decisions as I don't know uh, Jason Solo. Just kidding. Kid got kidnapped. <laughs> but yeah, to just look at Priest Harar and be like, ah, this guy's dumb, so they must all be dumb. Yes, yeah, right. Of course, that's not right. Mm-hmm. But we should just simply extinguish the Jedi Order. The solution to all of the galaxy's problems. Every time. And if they were out of the way, then... Well, I mean, yeah, that's the answer every time. If there wasn't this magic force of do-gooders, this place would be awful. Yeah. For generations of thousands of generations of years. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter one, complete. Kill the Jedi. (laughs) We're gross. We're bad. Kill the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I quite like this intro though. Yeah, there was there was like some some tension in these scenes. We had some action with the with the X wings. Even we had some re- rhetorical discussion between these two different faiths to set the basis of of this book. Yeah. What 
I mean, I guess if, if we want to break it down, like, what is this book going to be about? Seemingly, the captives of the New Republic, how they will be treated by the Yuuzhan Vong. It's going to be, of course, a space war with ships between yeah. X-Wings and Coral Skipper, Coral ships, right? We got a taste of that. And it's also going to be, now that the priests are here, not just a war. Now it's a philosophical, it's a crusade. Yes. Who I found a word tonight. <laughs> now it's, well, are you going to accept our teachings or are you going to die? Yeah. The priests are here. Starring. Harar. Yeah. How about a chapter title, Tim? I got a uh, contest. Better than, wait, wait, wait. Is oh. it something better than one? Go ahead. Yes, it is. <laughs> Contest of the Gods. Oh, nice. Ah, that's good. I went with Strange Stubborn Faith. Also uh, very good. Yeah. It's one of those ones where it works for both sides. <laughs> that's what he calls the Jedi or something, right? He says about their belief in about the Force the, or whatever. Yep. But it's like, no, oh, that's you, bro. <laughs> Now that's both of you. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Whoops. That's the thing. Oops. Whoops. That's how. That's how faith works. <laughs> if you think someone else is wrong for believing, and you believe in something, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter two. Kashik. And I resent every time that I've written the name of this planet. Every time I wrote the name of this planet, I was like, I should stop. After the second Y, I'm like, I should stop. After the first Y, I'm like, I don't need to put the other two Ys. But I do. Because by the time you already start, you're already just about done. Yeah, you're already But like, it's, why are we doing this? <laughs> why? This stupid, oh no, Tim. <laughs> why? Why, 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 why? Why are we doing this? It's, uh, it's I, this goofy like 80s, 70s, I 60s I never wrote the planet thing. down. I never wrote the name. Well, we're on Kashyyyk, Tim. Yes, we are. In the city of Rukro. Yeah, Rukwar. Yeah. A lot of R's, W's, and double O's. This city. Yes. Where, quote, nature and technology in consummate poise. <laughs> like, those words. That's like how I talk when I'm being funny. Those words Barely stick together and make the point. Yes. Barely. But consummate poise. Well, the point is that the things are in perfect harmony. Yes. Con perfect harmony is the stereotypical cliche thing to say. Mm -hmm. Jim Lucino goes, uh, I've got a thesaurus in my mind. <laughs> yeah. And instead of saying the stupid trite trope thing. I love alliteration. I will say. So do I. Consummate poise. Nature and technology and inconsummate poise. It couldn't be better. It, <laughs> it is a much. Because it's been written so many times and said so many times in perfect harmony. Just the slight. Even if it was a yep. slight change. Would in it, perfect concert. Yeah. Right. Would have been great. That's like, whoa, nice. You switched it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, this guy went, I went to the seventh 
uh, suggested <laughs> yeah. synonym for each word. Consummate poise, which is this city in the trees of this tree world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I did a little thing for me and Tim there, and it's not for you listeners who aren't caught up. I'll tell you what with the podcast now. In this city, it's a nice juxtaposition for the Vong, where we've just come from this living ship, this living nature turned into technology, in this sort of consummate symbiotic poise. Mm-hmm. They are a, an excellent example of, I almost said science and, tech, and technology, nature and technology yeah. coming together, right? The Yuzhan Vong. But now this is... A happier, nicer version of it, right? It's yes. not disgusting slugs and bugs. Yes. the It's trees and branches and leaves and happiness. A nice cohesion of the two without the destruction. Consummate. Yeah. Consummate Vs. Ah. <laughs> oh, wow. I Sometimes I remember strong, bad emails. Does anybody else out there remember strong bad emails? Let us know via email. Check it out. Email at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Tim, do you remember me ever showing you like strong bad emails? For sure you remember Trogdor. Yes. Right. But it's 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 a vague, it's not uh... Homestar Runner, man. I wish I could say by name thank you to whoever the hell put all them cartoons together back in the day. That was peak 2002 internet, man. <laughs> oh my god, strong! Oh my god, strong bad emails. Consummate V's. That's one of the things he says when he's drawing the scales on the truck door. <laughs> okay. Consummate V's. Okay, 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 okay. Back to Kashyyyk, the city of Ruwuk. That's about as good as you're going to say it. Yeah, and now it's time to stop being funny because we're here for Chewbacca's funeral. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been six months. Yeah. Since his death at the end of, near the end of book one. Mm -hmm. At Sarnpadal. Six months. And it took three books to get to his funeral, eh? No body. There's no body to recover. Yeah. It was just the, the galaxy's been at war the entire time. It hasn't been a good time to hang out and... And, yeah, have a memorial service. The, memorial, the memory, you got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you tripped me up. You threw a hurdle right in front of the same word I was trying to jump. But you made it taller. It's been three books. We watched the ceremony... Geniusly, geniusly, My we, wa- we watch this through the eyes of C three PO, and more importantly, hear it through his inner translation. Yes, it's not pages of R's and W's and Y's and O's. Mm-hmm. It's all bracketed English basic text. Yep. Although, although there's. Still plenty of Y's and W's and 
Yeah. They, they give like the proper Kashikian names for things, right? Mm-hmm. This plant and this bug and this beast and whatever. And as they're sorry, go ahead. And they how how they do it and how they explain why it's so easily why there's no translation necessary for three PO right. to translate to the human is because the Wookiee that's giving this speech has a speech impediment that makes him <laughs> See, I understandable. Read that, I read that backwards. I thought it was like. Even though this guy has a speech impediment, 3PO is still putting it together. Either way, I don't think we would need a translator at all between all the people that are here. Yeah. Luke, Jason, Jaina, Anakin, Leia, and Han. They they have all all... spent their entire lives with Chewbacca, pretty much. Yeah. They can can all understand... um... And I, I guess, you know, maybe it's, I have, a, a, I, this is somewhere where I have a little bit more of the, this, like, uh, Star Wars book knowledge than you do. Wow. I know this name before. Wow. What? <laughs> this guy? Yeah, this guy Akechake is in, in, Yeah. Chewbacca's um, grandfather? Yeah. I didn't write his name down, but it was like, It's like, a tick a chuck. A tick a chick a chick a chick a He's in, it's he's like in seven more other books. H's and U's. Though. But yeah, he's got a speech impediment that makes him understandable to humans. Oh, well, there you go then. You are right. I got one. Look at this guy. <laughs> Put it on the board, team. <laughs> Episode 180, whatever the hell. <laughs> one. No, no, way more than that. But that was a good one. I just, I did think though, like the way that the dialogue was presented as being readable for us, thank, yes. thankfully, in these, in this bracketed text that's pre-translated mm-hmm. through a droid. I like it that it's through 3PO's perspective. Like clever and cool and weird. It was, it was awesome. And experiencing a funeral through Chewbacca's, not through, oh God, experiencing Chewbacca's funeral through C-3PO's eyes is he's a robot. It's fascinating to begin with. And then his grandfather goes on in bracketed text, recaps most of Chewbacca's youth. And then 3PO remembers the original trilogy for us, Mm -hmm. but not much else. And it's very concerning. And he runs a diagnostic on himself and there's, uh, there's no answer. He keeps looking at sad Han Solo mm-hmm. as Chewie's grandpa is talking and Han's getting sadder and sadder. And C-3PO realizes the reason why he's malfunctioning, the reason why he can't just access the memories as he should be able to, it's because he's sad. Yeah. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And this writing rules underlined uppercase. <laughs> yeah. So good. And it goes, the 3PO goes further. A level deeper. Yeah. Whoa. Wishing that he could be more so he could sympathize and feel what Han Solo's feeling so yeah. he could be his friend and help him through He's it. He's sad. That he can't help him. Yeah. Because he remembers one time that Han Solo was nice to him, actually, before him and Leia got married. Yes. Yes, he does. And he helped him win Princess Leia from Prince Isolder, Jagged Fell's father, who he met in the last book, with a poem that 
three PO gave him. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if the first part of that sentence matched up to the third part of that sentence, but all sounded good. He's sad that he can't and it, help Han Solo feel better. Reading it was, was killing me. I was crying. It, it was killing me. It's killing me now. Ah. Well, then cut to. It's too sad to keep talking about. After the ceremony, let's get sad. <laughs> <laughs> what? Recounting his whole life and then having a droid realize my memory doesn't work because I'm sad about my friend, human being sad, who treats me like garbage, like he hates my guts all the time, but he actually loves me like Tim's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's Han Solo. It's not. It's not far off. It's not. <laughs> Anyways, back to the point. After the ceremony, Chewbacca's wife, a name I did not write down, Ma- Malotabuck. Malotabuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or is it a W? M A L L A T O B U C K. Don't don't do that. Don't try. Don't don't. You be careful. <laughs> Anyways, she comes over to Han Solo. Uh, after the ceremony, and she brings him Chewbacca's first ever handmade wooden bowcaster. Mm-hmm. The first one he ever made. He made better ones, but this one has the most of his spirit in it. And I want you to have it, Han Solo, this weapon the size of your body. The weapon you can't use at all. Hey, hey. But. Hey, watch the new movies. And he uses one. So... Who knows more about Star Wars now? <laughs> this shit, what you said, isn't even real anymore, bud. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get sad. His wife comes over and brings him this giant gun. Mm-hmm. She's like, your best friend made this before he died. Here, you should have it. And then, Chewbacca's son, Lumpawaru, mm-hmm. a name I've always loved to hate. Mm-hmm. Ever since I ever read it for the first time, I was like, that's the stupidest name I've ever seen. I don't seen even like how life. they short form it. Of course, Lumpy? Who they call him Waru. Oh, yeah, but also sometimes his best I, friends I, call him Lumpy. I'd rather Lumpy than Waru. I would rather an entirely different name. Chewbacca's son comes over, and he also has a present for Han Solo. A gigantic Wookiee-sized man purse. Mm-hmm. And Han Solo's like, as he's putting it on, he's like, I know this isn't going to fit, and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with this, but uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Jaina, meanwhile, brings her dad a plate of food. Yep. They were having this personal interaction before where he's like, I don't need any food. You go get some food. Go. Uh, and he's like, almost, almost seeming like there's healing happening here, right? Yes. He's like coming back to himself. He like, Cracks a smile almost at Jaina. And... He's talking to people again. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been in the last two books. So yes. That is an excellent point. But it almost feels like he's making progress here. Until. Chewbacca's grandfather comes over. And Chewbacca's wife tells Han Solo... My son and my nephew are coming with you to continue honoring the life debt that Chewbacca owes you. And Han Solo's like, 
this is awful and I feel awful and no way the life debt is over. The life is over. Yeah. Right. That makes sense, right? Turns out the life debt is not based on my life. The life debt lasts until your life is over. The person who owns the life debt. Yeah. Not until one of our lives is over. But until your life is... Until the... your life is no longer in need of protection. Yeah. Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca, your best friend, has died. Fulfilling that life debt to you that is a different amount of grief, guilt. <laughs> yep. Here comes his son and his nephew, and they are now going to follow you around forever as a constant reminder... <laughs> Of what happened to your best friend. Until the day you die. Or you might outlive them again. Mm-hmm. Possible. And here comes the third cousin and somebody's neighbor. <laughs> and a third guy, because this is we gotta team up now. Oh my god. He's finally seems like he's making a little bit of headway past this mm-hmm. impassable grief. Yeah. And then they're like, no, sorry. Yeah, let's just let's just nuke that right now. Oh my god. And so well, he's understandably upset, Han Solo, right? Yep. And he lashes out and he overreacts, and then Grandpa, wife, and Han all eventually agree that Han needs time. Yeah, he's not ready. Part of the life debt is protecting your soul. Yes. So we'll give you time to heal because burdening you with this double life debt now. Why are two of them going to protect each other? Because we know what happened last Yeah, I don't know. They're younger. But before we drop this new heavy weight all over your heart, covered in two kinds of fur, Mm -hmm. we'll give you some time because you need some time. This book is crushing it. Han Solo hasn't been in the other ones, so this is maybe not a fair evaluation on his level. But this is all written, like, the build-up through the ceremony, through 3PO, where he's like, how come I can't pull a memory? And then he finally, he's been looking back and forth to Han the whole time. Yeah. And every time he looks at Han, Han's a little sadder, because we're further through the ceremony. More remembrance, more reflection. Yeah. And he keeps looking to him, and it's obviously making 3PO more upset. In a sympathetic way. Yes. But he doesn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And it's that le- that leading into directly to Han. Yes. The deepest of grief that we've watched getting sadder and sadder. And he's actually starting to come out of that fog a little bit. He's starting to interact and, and engage. Yeah. And he's he's instead of and not just a, angry. Yeah, I was going to say. He's it. Feeling the grief, like he's feeling the sadness right. rather he's than translating, confronting the emotions that yeah. he needs to deal with. Yeah, rather than translating them into anger at anything that comes in front of him, he's yeah. actually feeling he's the being sadness. Nice to Jaina, I don't need any food. It's okay. Yeah, just you go get some. Go take care of yourself. He didn't here. yell at her. He didn't go, get out of my face or anything. Like that. Yeah, but then the Wookies go. Here's two new Wookies. <laughs> Here's two <laughs> more. <laughs> Freaks out as you, as you would. Like I said, understandably, but this book is killing it. Mm-hmm. Chapter title: Better than two, a life debt. 
debt to be honored. Why did I pick honored? Because also he didn't want to dishonor Chewbacca's memory mm-hmm. by... Uh, by outright refusing? Yes, refusing and yeah. disrespecting the life debt. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun so to take is... someone else's words and go, what's the best <laughs> encapsulation of this entire idea? It's a fun little game they gave us. We should have been doing this for, for the whole time. Like, yeah, since day one, yeah. We haven't... Have we ever had chapter titles? Uh, yes. Um, really? Yeah, we did. Okay. Enlighten and... me. Was it the uh, the second series we did? I think they had chapter titles in some of their books. Did they have chapter titles or did they have little... Re- okay, the first series, some of the books had little readings at the beginning of the chapters. Yeah, no, this is actual chapter yeah. titles. Yeah, yeah, I think... Well, yeah, obviously you're right because I very vividly remember writing them in my notes and then underlining them. <laughs> Where did they happen? Nobody knows! Chapter 3. We are on to our 22nd book, and the rest of them are somewhere in my brain garbage. Chapter three. <laughs> yep. Tactician. That's why we make notes. <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, I mean, it is. So for the end? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine imagine trying to do a full book with not having taken any notes. And at the end of the book, you have to tell immediately tell me what happened at the beginning. We would have to sit Woo! down and do every episode all at once and then do the, the whole thing. We'd have to do it all in a day. No, no, no. Here's the, here's the solution. We sit down on the couch together right now before the review episode and we skim chapter by chapter back and forth. Evens odds. Mm-hmm. And we tell each other what's happening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it seems like hours of work, <laughs> yep. which is why it takes so long to take these friggin' notes <laughs> that I have several binders full of now. Chapter three. We're back with the Yuzhan Vong. Tactician Wrath shows Priest Harar the galaxy. A map of the galaxy via infidel machinery. Yes. Ew. They do use it when necessary because they're, they can't translate it yet. Well, it through just takes Villa, much time. Villa they translation. Have, someone has to go through all the data pads and all the actual information and then, yeah. and then speak it into the fleshy leather eyeball thing. Yeah, the peeled grapes. Ew. Yes. Showing him the whole galaxy. Mm-hmm. Here's where we've come so far, and here's where we're going. And then, it was around this point that I opened up the front of the book and looked at the galactic map. Mm-hmm. Well, Obroa Sky is one step closer to the core. Yep. One step past Ithor. And it's also right next door to the Hapes Cluster. Yeah, it's not... F- it, yeah. Which is like, I don't think we've talked about that government yet, but we just drew the Imperials in in the last book, right? Because we were right on their border. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if that's going to happen again. Are we going to draw in another government? Uh, eventually, because you you, already, you got the Chiss involved now uh, also. The Chiss from the Unknown Regions, yep. the Imperials from in, in, Imperial Space. I would like to know <laughs> so much more about the Chiss. And what they're doing. I get a feeling Jagged Fell ain't going away. He might not be in this book. Based on, as I've referenced before, the dramatist persona Mm -hmm. in the front of the book. Uh, Let's go through it. Let's go through it real quick. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't look at it. I just got your overview. That's even something that we should probably even do before chapter one of every book. That could be a fun thing to do. Not every book has these, but I think every book of this big war series does. Mm Mm-hmm. We let's not let's not actually because it kind of just spoils things. Yeah, let's not. 
But we could say who it leaves out. What was the, what was the thing I was gonna say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, here, here. Anakin Solo, Han Solo, Leia Organa Solo. Those are the only solos. Mm-hmm. We said it before. My favorite babies are not in this book apparently yeah. very much. Jason and Jaina, the twins. No, no, Jagged Fell. Which I I really liked him in the last one. Really wanted more of him after what the little taste that we got in the last book. Mm-hmm. Him and Jaina and all that stuff. Is so good. After the, the, what'd you just call him? White hot. <sighs> White hot. <sighs> wow, Tim, why would you tease me like that? <laughs> why would you tease me like that? We're not even gonna get there. We're talking about Yuzhan Vong, Tim. Not. This is not a white-hot conversation. No, it's not. We're talking about the Yuzhan Vong, and they're using technology. And hey, it's weird that the libraries here on Obroa Sky don't have any records about the Jedi, really. Weird. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were purged or something. Maybe they were, like, purged by the the people that the Jedi say are bad guys, like the Sith. Probably, oh, probably not just in their information. They probably also purged the Jedi Order. That's why there's, like, not enough of them to protect the galaxy like all the old stories say they used to do. These guys, like, connect every dot and correct in a direct line. Yeah. <laughs> How come we can't find information about the Jedi Order? Someone must have destroyed it all. Someone must have also destroyed the Jedi, so there doesn't seem to be enough of them. Case closed. <laughs> yeah. It is actually a fair, fairly linear thought process. It's it's not like too outreaching. No. And it's this this guy's a tactician. His yeah. whole thing is supposed to be seeing connections and commonalities yes. that will give you an advantage. Mm-hmm. And he's like, maybe this and this and this and this. And they're like, yep. That's what tactician Rask or whatever his name is, right? Raff. Sorry. Don't you quote no Boston Bruin names in my house. Sorry. Tuka Jeez. will not be spooked. Of... Alright, that was... He won't, be, he won't be spooked about... I can't make a good... I can't make a... I couldn't make a... Don't you dare joke. spook about him. Well, you shouldn't. No. But, hmm, maybe these Sith, if there are any, will be our allies against the Jedi. Because we gotta destroy those Jedi, like I said in chapter one. And those are the one. Those are the only guys we know that want to do it. And again, it begs the question, what Sith? What do we know of any Sith in the galaxy or even any dark side users? Let's just say in the three books that we've read so far, it hasn't even been spoken of. No. We've been so focused on like, we need to get the hundred Jedi back together. Yeah. Right. And books, books previous to this, like uh, in, in timeline, in the timeline. Yeah. Um, for sure, there's uh, I, there's definitely there's dark definitely Jedi. dark side users, but are yeah. there Sith? Yeah, Sith, Sith, proclaimed or announced? No, yeah. not right now. Not the I don't think that word has even really been said in the three books so far. No, and in book four, we're giving us a brand new idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe these bad guys who came out of nowhere. We'll team up with the Sith that we're not sure maybe exist. Yep. I'm excited for it. Is that at all familiar? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so like uh, so many so many Star Wars stories, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot you cannot have a galaxy wide war and fight against the Jedi without 
talking about at least yeah some sort of even in a peripheral way sith presence it has to be and if maybe the vong team up with them cool yikes maybe there are some and maybe they'll be our friends or maybe they'll go the other way no we will be the ones to destroy the jedi and who knows then, yeah and we'll subjugate you because we're all bad guys together and that's how backstabbing works yeah bad guys are bad guys zangief are there Sith? We don't know. Let's focus on what we do know. There are Yuzhan Vong. And we've met a few already and we're meeting more. Mm-hmm. This book is full of named bad guys. Villains. People on the side of ne'er-do-wells. Who are being given a whole character. We meet Priestess Elan. Mm-hmm. Elaine? Elan. Elan. I like Elan. Yeah. She arrives with Ellen? her fam- Whoa. What? Ellen? Ellen. <laughs> like from Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> who I've definitely called Eloni when I was a kid. <laughs> and I'm like, as a grown up, I'm like, oh, her name's just sci fi Ellen, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think that's what this is too. Uh, I but get it. Elan. Yeah, Elan. Yeah. But that's even, that's, you know, that's sci fi fantasy enough. Just even, you just change the vowel. Yeah. Elan arrives. Priestess. Mm-hmm. Two priests now. Priestess Elan arrives with her familiar, Verger. And we get a look at these two. Elan lifted her head, which was neither as sloped as the priests, nor as asymmetrical as the tacticians. Wide across the cheekbones, her face tapered to a cleft chin. Ice blue, her eyes swam in a sea of lavender and maroon swirls. And her nose was wide and almost without a bridge. Meanwhile, accompanying her was a diminutive creature of motley countenance and a peculiar manner. Now, try, okay, before I, before I continue reading descriptions, I struggle enough constructing a mental image from printed words. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Pro's here makes it even harder by just making the words a little less accessible. The motley countenance. What is a motley countenance? She's got a, her look is, is a, she looks like a bunch of things all smacked together. Yeah. She's an abstract art piece. Accompanying her was a diminutive creature of motley countenance and a peculiar manner made piebald by an arrangement of short feathers. The trim torso supported two thin arms, each of which ended in graceful four-fingered hands. Willowy ears and twin antennae corkscrewed from an elongated, modestly disproportionate head whose rear attenuated to a finely feathered ridge. I'm struggling and you are laughing at me. The slightly concave face was slant-eyed, wide-mouthed, and delicately whiskered. A pair of reverse articulated legs and splayed feet propelled the creature in agile leaps. Okay, some highlights. Elon has a weird head. He's got big chin bones. No, cheekbones, I mean. Yeah. And a, a butt chin like Mr. Neji. Yeah, and <laughs> a no-bridged wide nose and weird eyeballs. Well, like she smashed her nose so many times there's no bridge anymore or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
And her eyes are weird. And then Verger is a bird thing with like a piebald. Piebald means like feathers sticking out and then bald on the end. Yeah. Right? So like that's like a her torso. Plucked. The bottom of her torso. Right. She's like half plucked. She's got like a feather skirt. Yeah. And antenna like a like a bug kind of like but like corkscrew cork from an elongated modestly d- she's got a a head that doesn't fit her body bird legs slant eyes a weird mouth whiskers yeah hence motley countenance what is this thing <laughs> truly like a like a chimera yeah like, yeah like is this some sort of yuzhan vong she's a experiment or like uh, like uh What's that? What's that movie where the, the the guy on the island sews a bunch of animals together? What the island of Doctor Moreau or something like that? I have no idea. What is you're that right? About. Come on, there's some some old black and white movie where the dude is like, I'm doing science on an island, and I have animals in jars sewn together or something. Oh, okay. I'll have to look it up, but I have no idea. That was probably the worst description. Of a movie I have not seen. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy scientists just smashing animals together out there. Yeah, because Vergier is like, like a what is, yeah. bird, bug, cat. Why? Thing. Yeah, cat face with whiskers, but bird legs and feathers. And then her head, her face is concave. What does that mean? Oh, we're getting now Victoria Day fireworks. So yeah. look out! They Team started Cam. last night. Yeah, they did. Actually, he don't care. Dog don't care. Oh, that's crazy. Amazing. Mm. He like, they started firing off and he like perked his ears up and then we were chill. All four of us were back here on the couch. We were watching, it was Friday night, mm-hmm. stay up late night for the kids and they have slumber party on the couch. We all hang out together. We were watching Marvel movies. I watched, we watched Infinity War and Endgame back to back. That's not true. We skipped to like the end of Endgame. We watched the beginning, skipped to the end. But anyways, I watched Marvel movies with the kids for like four hours, stayed up till like midnight. Awesome. Yeah. Fireworks going off, and we could see them just out the side window there. The kids were like, ooh, ah. And the dog was like, I'm chill. Oh, I could just hear them. That's just, what more could you ask for from a 90-pound baby? Mm-hmm. Whew. Cool dog. Just bragging about my dog on the podcast. Mm-hmm. What the heck was I talking about? Vergier is weird. She weird. Both these two are weird. Yep. What in horrid creation is happening? Although I do like the description. Why she got a little bird friend? <laughs> I do like the description of Elon's eyes where they're yeah. like ice blue, but they're like purple and maroon. The like ice blue is like the pupil. Yeah. And then like her, the, whatever that the whites of her eyes are like purple or yeah, are yeah. purple and maroon. I, that's, I like that description. And then I wonder, is that some sort of experience? Is that some sort of, or, or does she just have, like, two black eyes? Does she punch herself in the eyes a lot? As part of being Every day, it's part of her morning routine. It could be. This could be priest stuff. It could be. The group gets together here. Priest Harar. Tactician Raf. Priest Essay And they watch those 2,000 captives shoved into one ship, stacked like firewood or something, he says, right? Mm-hmm. Like sardines? Yeah. 2,000, quote, sacrifices get launched in a ship into the star here at Obroa sky. Cool. Yep. Some sort of freighter. Gotta appease the gods when you are the priests and priestesses. 
<laughs> then, oh my God, Tim, our old buddy from the first book who disappeared after Belkadan and Helska 4, mm-hmm. Nom Anor returns. And he shows up here to join the real conversation. Why have I gathered Priestess Elan and her familiar Vergier? Why have I gathered the tactician Raph? And why is Nominor here, Tim? To discuss destroying the Jedi using Coom Spores and Mara Jade Skywalker. Suck on that, galaxy. Yep. He's like, I did this whole thing. And she's still alive, and she's not contagious, and it's really weird, but I have a plan to kill all the Jedi. Yeah, because he's the sneaky spy dude. Sneaky spy dude who loves a good biological warfare experiment. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> That's fine. Very dangerous uh, person. And at some point in this in this end exchange, we get a, a, a name drop, another name drop. Supreme Overlord Shimra? Yes. Um, that's a, is that the first time? Is that a new name for us? That's the new. That's a new name for very, us. Very, very a Final Fantasy Seven name. It's a name. <laughs> yeah, I actually know nothing Supreme about the Supreme Overlord, Overlord at Shimra. all, and well, I am excited to. They meet have been them. mentioned, and we have our villainous cast. I think yeah, we've I, got these four Yuzhan Vong together concocting some sort of plan. Mm-hmm. To destroy the Jedi. And we got a couple of peripheral guys that are just kind of around too. Two priests. Yep. A war guy and Commander Tlaw. Yes. He has been spoken of several times. That's Tactician Raph's superior. Yep. And yeah. We've got two priests. We've got two from the warrior cast. And then we've got Nominor, the spy. Yep. Ooh. And with a name Pretty... drop of the Supreme Overlord. Yeah, pretty cool team putting together here mm-hmm. at the beginning of the book. Like, obviously, this is going to be our bad guys. Yeah. Our, this, our antagonists. This is the first time we've seen different, like, casts working together. That's true, man. Because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to work with Nominor when it was just the warriors. Mm-hmm. But the priests show up and they're like, hey, hey, hey. warriors? Hey, warriors! <laughs> you know, we're actually in charge, right? Yeah, fall in line. Or else. Got a chapter title? I do. Allies in the Galaxy. An ambitious one. Dun, dun, dun. These are good. This is <laughs> this, good every time. This is so much fun. <laughs> We're done. Let's say it every time. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So fun. Chapter four. Han Solo stands at the edge of a Kashikian forest abyss. There's no railing here, he thinks to himself. Yeah, yes, he does. Because the subtext is, maybe I die, and that ends the life debt. Yes. And I don't have to be responsible for any more suffering of Wookiees. He wants the life debts to end, is his big thing. It's getting harder for him to hear and see and remember Chewbacca. So Hong wants to make the... I said Hong. (laughs) <laughs> Hong wants the pain to Vaughn. Why would you? Why would you do that so perfectly? <laughs> I didn't because I said part of what you were saying. No, but part it, of what's in my notes. That was actually even better. <laughs> it was that was like a perfect mess. Han wants to make the Vong 
pay. Yes. As he stands here at the precipice of throwing himself off a bridge, essentially. Yeah. Into the depths below and talking to his wife, Leia. Yeah, because he's She stuck, talks him off the ledge. He's stuck in the middle between... He wants... He doesn't want to hurt anymore. Yep. But... He wants the pain to also continue so he can remember his friend. Because right now he's in that that short bubble of grief where he expects to still see Chewbacca every time he turns mm-hmm. around. He expects he can still hear him laughing or, or complaining. He is still a part of his everyday sense memory. Yeah, and that's and starting to that fade. And losing that sense, those senses, hearing him, seeing him, feeling his presence. Mm-hmm. Man, that's like something that we don't talk about in our culture for sure. But like, that is a thing. Yes. You still can remember that person being at your dining room table. You can remember that person saying your name a specific way down the hallway. Whatever it is. Yep. You have that sense memory that is the deeper connection than your like recalled uh, episodic memory. Yes. The sense memory is everything. Mm-hmm. And he's losing that yeah. as he's a healing, a, a healing as he's overcoming his grief. Yes. He's losing that connection and he doesn't want to. He's mad about it. Mm-hmm. So he's going to make the Vong pay. Yes. Speaking of Vong, we'll cut to our Vong villains. They watch a man step into one of those Dovin Basil gravity shields full of captives who were chosen to be specific sacrifices. And he... He... Spits... Bugs into the air? He... He spits a liquid into the... He doesn't... He... Time to play the game! <laughs> how Triple H spits water in the air. How I read it. And go ahead, I go was, ahead. It, he's got all these little tiny like little organisms in him. And this is a couple, this is maybe a paragraph ahead of this specific go ahead, thing. Go ahead. Um, and they eat and breathe in all the oxygen in the area. And as they do, in they release the toxins field. in the containment field. That's what these little do. They release do. toxins. I thought they just sucked all the oxygen out. Well, the people in the in the containment field start bleeding from their eyes and stuff like that. Well, that could just be like a pressure thing, because like be, they're it's, creating like a vacuum. Yeah, but feeding on the oxygen in the thing makes the the microscopic bugs turn like, into coin sized, like macroscopic. They bugs? like they like uh, expeditiously grow. Incredibly, incredibly fast. Um, exponentially? No, expeditiously means really fast, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, and exponentially also just... Yeah, okay. Both. They both work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Words. Hey, watch it, guy who remembered a thing earlier. <laughs> Getting real lippy over there on episode 180 late. <laughs> but I, I, I just uh, I described I, I just, these... I didn't quite get it. I described this as... Um, in my notes here, I have, so the Fong have a, a new delivery system of death. Well, here's the thing. Guess what it is again? Bugs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guess what they love? Bugs. But this one is a combination of airborne virus. Mm-hmm. That's that. Cause they also say, okay, whatever. And a, like, a, it, it needs to be a contained atmosphere so yes. that they can suck all the oxygen out. 
And then, and then that's the and kill thing. the people in the room. And the idea behind this horrific situation mm-hmm. that these bad guys have been sitting here witnessing is that the priestess Elon is to be Trojan horsed into bug exterminating the entire Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. We're going to. We have permission to lose a battle. Commander Tla has agreed to lose a battle so that you, Priestess Elon, can be captured and then pretend, claim to have a cure for the disease ailing Mara Jade Skywalker in an attempt to get an audience with as many Jedi as possible. Yeah, pretend to be... Like a de- not a defector, but someone who is not happy with the current situation. There is, there is dissent. Dissent is the word, and I was gonna say dissatisfaction, and say that's not quite it. There is dissent between the casts and ranks of the Yuzhan Vong, and she is. What's that word? <laughs> uh, it's another one. It's another D one, like, right? like a, a deserting. Defecting. Defecting. Yes. Not See, deserting. There are levels of synonyms, Jim. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and you got to get the one you want the most. The The idea is that she is going to defect to uh, away from the Yuzhan Vong and be, and be held captive prisoner and then poison all the Jedi mm-hmm. with these bugs that are going to incubate in her lungs that she can then scream four coughing fits of them at the Jedi. Yes. A true master could uh, breathe out four things, is what they say. This yeah. is the plan. Yes. This is the plan between this these three people. Go and breathe on them. Like, this isn't the whole Yuzhan Vong master plan. No. This is these three little wieners mm-hmm. getting together and going, how can we just... Kill some Jedi. Get more glory for ourselves, actually, right? Yeah. How can we be the ones to turn the tide of the battle? And Alon's probably going to die. You're probably... Well, P.S. You're definitely going to die. Because either <laughs> either you have to stay in there and lose all the oxygen, or the Jedi are going to kill you, or you're going to come back here and we're going to kill you. Yeah, she's going to die. You're going to die, definitely. But also, PPS, you should bring Vergere. Yeah, she wants what? to bring Vergere with her. She consults with her sidekick pet. What is this Whether thing? or not she should do this thing. Yeah. Should I take this mission from my superiors? Vergere actually says, no, I would advise against it, but... But, here's be all the benefits. I know better. how much you want to prove yourself. Yeah. Right. P.S. You're going to die. P.P.S. Bring your bird friend. <laughs> Are they trying to kill her too? I don't know. But you're definitely going to die with glory. Yeah. For your family and your descendants and your pre-sendants. We know how much that matters, right? Yes. You're going to get... A, an attaboy. Mm-hmm. And so it's good for every. This is a greater good. You're happy to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the bad guys. It's quite the plan. We're going to get captured, cook bugs in our lungs, tell the Jedi we have a cure for their wife, and then kill them all with coughs. Yeah. They're, she's going to breathe all over them and kill them. A little too prescient for 2022. <laughs> a little too omniscient. Cut to. Han Solo at the, where are they? Like a, the wooden docking bay equivalent. They're at a, like yeah. an outdoor landing. It's it's spot. actually inside one of the 
trunks of the trees. Right. There's One that of the big. gigantic fallen the, the rosher trees even. or something. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the extra WR, extra Y. Yes. The WR every time. R- the rusher trees. Right. Right. Wrong. Wrong. Start there and then say you're you no you're Kashiki and vocabulary. Yes. Anyways, Han Solo is rushing <laughs> his family to hurry up and take off in a big hurry. Time to leave Kashyyyk. Okay, it's not good here. Luke Skywalker has the audacity to stop him and ask why. Yeah. And thus How Han, dare he. Han Solo then explodes with angry grief. Yeah. And storms off by the end of the thing. But the most maybe poignant or pointed thing that he says is, I'm so sick of all of you trying to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of you trying. I'm sick of being comforted. Let me feel bad. I feel bad. Yeah. Stop telling me it's wrong to feel bad and I should feel better. I know nobody else talked about him for two books, but I care. Yeah. Right. On solo. Don't stop trying to make me feel better. I feel bad. Mm-hmm. Sit with me and feel bad. And he says something to Luke Skywalker along the lines of you just know. You just know so much better than it. Like your self-importance or something like that. Yeah. Right? He says something about self-importance and something about like, Oh, you just would know what's going on with me. Right. right. Yeah. And how He's he, he can see uh, Luke can see Obi-Wan can see Yoda can see his dad and how Han, I can't see you. Or at least has you. claims too. And we yeah. believe you magic man. Yeah. And Hans, I can't do that. Let me live in this for yep. a minute. Let me just be sad and yeah. stop telling me to cheer up. Yeah. Stop giving me ways Sup- to fix it. I don't want it. Supernatural. Yeah. S- well, okay. Not a, a very, very natural. <laughs> <laughs> the girlfriend of what mom's up on the ceiling, burning to death. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's all very understandable, right? He storms off and says he'll find his own way back. Yeah, Jana, you take the Falcon. Take the Falcon home to Coruscant. All of you leave. I'll see you at home. Angry dad storms off at vacation. I'll take a cab. <laughs> Essentially. He's pre-turning this car around. Yeah. He's not even getting in. No. Take it home. Turned it around. When he was seemingly, at least for moments at the beginning, of, of so close to pulling enough of it together for it to stay together. Mm-hmm. Like enough of these strands of healing, he was almost stitched together enough for the wound to stay closed. Yeah. But then everybody kept poking him, go, feel better. Here's a purse. Here's a bowcaster. Here's two life debts. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, ah, and broke open and freaked out. Mm hmm. As like, in everything that happened, absolutely. The, how else would a person respond to all of that? Of it, of course, right? The, the, you just would. There's, yeah. Whether you would freak out and yell at your family or not is well, up or degree, down. But, degrees of that, right? But yeah. like, it's not like he's in their faces screaming at them. Yeah. He's just, this is me as a man, as a, as a shouting man. Mm-hmm. My emotions are loud always. Yeah. Happy, sad, mad. Mm-hmm. Don't matter. They're all loud. But he's just like shouting back out of the volume of his emotions. Yes. He's not like 
personally attacking Luke Skywalker. Mm. He's just like, you're overstepping and stop telling me to feel better. Yeah, Luke just happened to be the one that All was talking to All of you go home and goodbye. Yeah. 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 And then from here we cut to Harar and Naminor being like, this is a risky plan, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Priestess Elan's dad is like uh, is like a, a higher up important guy. Yeah, he's a high priest of the Grand he's Overlord. He's gonna die, or, or she's gonna die. I mean, and that's gonna be a problem for us. But like, it's worth it. Yeah, they're a little concerned about that after the embarrassment at Belkadan and after this and that. Yeah, they're it's a risky plan, but it's worth it. Yeah, they're a little concerned about drawing the like the ire of the her dad and the Supreme Overlord guy. A little bit. Uh, they're a which little is, bit. I think, telling us. There will be consequences. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, win, win or lose, like plan. How many? No matter how many Jedi you kill. Yeah. Good or bad. All you guys are getting in trouble. Yeah. No matter what, for like going off script. Mm-hmm. This isn't the plan for the invasion. No. Nope. You're using resources or whatever the whatever. There's great risk involved in trying to exterminate the Jedi. Imagine that. Yeah. How about a chapter title? Uh, walk this plank. Uh, Han's not ready to. No, he's not. Because everyone is... But Alon is. Pressing concerns. Uh, he's got concerns. Everybody keeps poking him. Yeah. <laughs> like, let the, I, let, the, let him heal. Quit yeah. sticking your fucking fingers And, and that was wounds. a good way of you saying, just sit with me. Don't try... Don't talk to me. Don't try and make me and feel Leia, better. Just okay, sit. so we kind of breezed through her whole part. She is the second half of that conversation with Han Solo at the edge of the abyss Mm -hmm. where she is just trying to connect with him and trying to talk him down, literally. Yeah. But also then has a moment of realization where she's like, oh, I need to stop telling him to feel better and just listen. Yeah. Which is she's the one that gets it. She's his wife. She's the closest one. It's a microcosm of the bigger problem. No one else is going to get it. Yeah. No one else is going to stop long enough to be like, oh, so Han Solo has uh, feelings. Yes, yes, he does. And I should listen to them, actually. Because when Instead he has just, feelings, it's important. And it's this is for everybody. But like, if somebody's sad, saying feel better doesn't help. Yeah, sometimes. It doesn't help at all. Sometimes just giving a hug is what is necessary. Be quiet or listen or just say, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, acceptance, acceptant commiseration. Yep. That sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Not... It'll be fine. Feel better. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is like the smallest example of what has been shoved down his throat after the ceremony of Chewbacca's funeral. Yeah. And here's a weapon. Here's a bag. Here's two people. They're all yours now. Mm-hmm. And he's had, now we know, six months of people saying, why are you being this way? Why are you doing it? And like this? six months of being so out of sorts mm-hmm. that three PO had to make him new pants. Yeah, for this ceremony. Yep, because he tried to put his pants on and broke them. They burst, so three PO had to fire some Karelian blood stripes down the side of a different pair of khakis. Yeah, <laughs> he needed some new, uh, some new blue uh, dress pants. He's a hurt and broken man. Yes, and it makes perfect sense. We did the chapter title. We did. We already did the chapter title. And thus, bam. Bam, Tim. Bigelow. Book four of the New Jedi Order is underway. Some serious prose work Mm -hmm. and vocabulary. 
mm-hmm. brings us our entire framework for what the book is going to be dealing with. Yes. Han's grief recovery. Our Yuzhan Vong villain's disgusting Trojan gross plan. And like, that's it. That's We're kind of focusing on two thick threads here. Yeah, right now we have two things going on. I don't know how much else is going to happen. There weren't a lot but... of other names in the Dramatis Personae. No. The people we got is a lot of the people we're getting. And so, let's see where it goes. Let's go. Next week. Wink. When we cover New Jedi Order, Book 4, Agents of Chaos 1, Heroes Trial, Chapters 5 through 8. So many numbers. So many things to say. Mm -hmm. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. A whole lot of words. Good words. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.